That Sober Guy podcast contains adult content, merciless truth, and emotional nudity. Listener discretion is advised. I'm Shane Ramey. You're listening to That Sober Guy podcast, and we help people stay sober. If it's your first time listening, welcome. I'm so glad that you're here today. If you're looking to quit or cut back on your drinking, uh, we have one of the best 30-day alcohol-free challenges out there. It's helped hundreds of men all over the country uh, quit drinking alcohol, uh, become better fathers, better leaders, better husbands, better entrepreneurs, and uh, really find some purpose in what they're looking for in life. You can sign up today and check out all of the other podcasts and resources by going to thatsoberguy.com. Also, be sure to follow us on Instagram at That Sober Guy Podcast. Great to be with you today. Obviously, Super Bowl, just a, just a few days out as this uh, podcast goes live. And the title of today's episode, Super Bowl Sober, eight tips to party sober for the Super Bowl. And uh, I know many of you out there are getting ready, getting pumped up. Lots of parties going down. And Super Bowl, obviously, can be a great time. It can also be a tough one uh, if you're trying to stay alcohol-free, and specifically if you're in the early stages uh, of that of that new kind of walk, that new lifestyle of trying to uh, cut alcohol out. And so, um, you know, what a what a better way or a better test to see how uh, to see how that goes than a, a Super Bowl Sunday in 2024. And this year, uh, we have the San Francisco 49ers, baby versus the Kansas City Chiefs, and uh, I'm definitely excited, uh, and I think that's an understatement, to see what Brock Purdy and the 49ers can do against Travis Swift uh, and the Chiefs, and um, man, so it's it's going to be a, it's going to be a good game. Um, I'm I'm pretty confident in that, and uh, it should be a good time, but how do we not, how do we how do we have a great time? How do we party sober? How do we hang out with friends? How do we do all that uh, if we're trying to uh, to stay alcohol free? And so I put together uh, some some tips, and they're they're simple. You know, they're they're simple stuff that we can prep for, just like we would prep for Super Bowl. You're prepping with food, and you're prepping with your drinks, and you're prepping with what you're gonna wear, your jersey, whatever it is that you're you know that you're getting ready to prep for. You can do the same thing in prepping to make sure that you uh, you stay true to yourself in staying sober and staying away from alcohol um, as you know as you're partying and having a great time and that that can be done although you know in the early stages I you know maybe maybe it's uh, the first couple of months for you the first couple of days um, and heck I mean who who knows maybe it's even the first you know few years and even for somebody like myself you know I had 10 years in September depending on the situation, depending on how I'm feeling at that time, depending on what's going on, um, I can be just as susceptible as the next person who has 15 days, you know, without alcohol into having an urge into having, um, some negative thoughts into having some social anxiety. And so, uh, I just want to say, I don't sit up here on, you know, a, a, a soapbox, you know, or as, as, um, I remember my, my dad would say back in the day, get off your high horse. <laughs> so that's always an old school. And maybe some of you out there have heard that too. Like I'm not sitting up on my high horse and, uh, and claiming to be the almighty sober power who doesn't deal with any of this crap too. So I, I use these same tips that I'm going to share today. 
I've used them many, many, many times in different scenarios, um, you know, one or the other. And uh, like I said, they're simple, but uh, they're effective when, when we use them, when we take note of them, and when we prepare. Uh, so um, lots of good stuff today. Let's uh, let, let's dive right into this. And uh, I hope you guys have a great Super Bowl, by the way. I would love to hear, um, you know, feedback on how it went. If you're listening to this podcast, if you listen to it on Spotify, you can actually leave comments on Spotify, which is great. Those, uh, you know, th those pop right up. Anybody can see them. Uh, and then also, if you go on to Instagram, you follow us on there. I'll definitely be making a, a post or two about this episode. You can comment there. And then uh, one more thing I want to plug real quick before we uh, get into these eight tips is we have an amazing men's uh, sober guy men's group on the locals platform. Um, there's hundreds of men in there from all over the country, and we're you know trying to stay alcohol free and trying to uh, stay connected and share and get support and laugh and all that good stuff. So you can find all that once again at thatsoberguy.com. All right. So first things first, let's get into number one here. And um, these are eight tips to party sober, uh, eight tips to party sober for the Super Bowl. Okay. So sorry, I, my, I had a little brain fog there. I was trying to do three things at once here. Um, so number one, I love this one. It's just straightforward. That's why I put it as number one, host your own damn Super Bowl party. <laughs> How about that? You know, and if, if you have the means to do that, you have a, a place to do it and you can do that. It's a great idea to start with. Um, it eliminates a lot of the wonder, a lot of the question, a lot of, um, you know, a lot of other things that could potentially happen or go wrong if you just host your own, you know, you're comfortable in your own environment. Let's say you're at your house, you have every, you know, everything's there, you know, where you're at, you feel safe, you feel, um, you know, you feel comfortable and, uh, you are a host yourself, which is, which is amazing. So staying comfortable in your own environment, huge. Um, you also get to invite the people that you want to be there. Um, you don't have to worry about going somewhere where there's going to be maybe people that maybe you don't know. So maybe you have some anxiety there. Maybe you don't like, maybe you don't vibe with whatever that looks like. Maybe it's just a different crowd. Um, you know, in, or in, and maybe you need support at the same time. And so inviting specific people that you know, and that you trust and that support you, that's going to be huge. Um, you know, in being able to not drink and to stay comfortable and to have a great time uh, as well. Um, you, you also have everything that you need uh, and you can, you can get anything that you need because you're in your own house. Everything's there. Um, you know, obviously prep before time, go, go to the store, get all your stuff, you know, and get ready. And, uh, and you're the host, you know, and here's the other thing about being the host, focusing on hosting, it will keep you busy uh, and it will keep you in a state of service because you're serving guests. You have to be the host. You're the hostess. You're you're the person who, um, who has invited everyone over. You're taking on the, that responsibility. You want everyone to have a good time. You're getting stuff set up. You're making sure the game's on point. You got snacks. You got all the things, you know, and, and you're responsible um, because it's your house. And when we get in a state of service like that, it can really help to take us out of, um, of our heads if we're stuck in our heads, you know, versus being outward in, in another place. So, um, you got a few options there. 
have some fun with it. Um, you know, obviously it's a couple days, uh, uh, you know, before this year's Super Bowl. So maybe it's a little bit too late, you know, to host one or maybe not. Maybe you throw something together. Um, doesn't have to be a huge thing. You invite a, a few, you know, friends, family over and uh, have a great time doing that and being the host and, and being the guy this year, you know. Um, so what if that's not an option? That, that brings us to number two. And uh, if it's not an option to host your own Super Bowl party, um, that means that you're probably going to be going out somewhere. Maybe you're going to someone else's Super Bowl party. Maybe you're going to um, a, a different, maybe you're going to a restaurant. Maybe you're going to wherever it is that you're going. Let's just say in this case, you know, you're going to a family's house, uh, someone in the family's house or to one of your friend's house for a, a Super Bowl party. Number two, one of the biggest things and I say this, this is like one of the top ones for any situation, let alone Super Bowl, is bring your own N.A. drinks. Bring your favorite drink. What does that look like to you? Um, you know, is and, and if it's like if it's, if it's at a restaurant um, and you're like, man, I don't really feel comfortable rolling in with my, um, you know, a cooler in hand or whatever, I can understand that might be a little, a little tacky. Is that the word tacky? It's such an old word. These bandages are looking a little bit tacky here. <laughs> Reminds me of like an old aunt that would use that word. Stop being so tacky. Okay, I'm going to move on. Sorry. Apologies. Apologies. Don't apologize. Sign a weakness. Love that line. But you should apologize if you mean it, but just don't apologize in short apologies. Like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I can't stand when people do that. I just did it myself, so I'm yelling at myself. Okay. Back to the NA drinks. I understand if you don't want to bring, you know, something into a restaurant. So maybe ahead of time, you can start to think what that looks like. And you you can apply this to maybe it's a business dinner, you know, and it's like, okay, I got to go to dinner. I know this other person's drinking. They're going to have some wine. What can I order when I get to the dinner, you know, or when I get to the restaurant, you know, Buffalo Wild Wings or wherever it is that all the dudes are partying at. For the Super Bowl, <laughs> Wild Wings. It's like so clever, like Hooters. Dude, we're going to Hooters, bro. I don't go to Hooters, by the way. I've been to a Hooters before. I'm not going to say that I haven't, but that probably wouldn't be a a, a spot that I would, um, you know, that I would frequent uh, to go to my Super Bowl. But maybe you do. I'm, I'm not judging or anything. Maybe you see John Daly there. I know he's a big Hooters guy. Just was reading an article about him the other day. How he <laughs> hangs out at Hooters and plays golf and does all kinds of other cool stuff and just does not give two F's about anything, which I got to admire the guy for that at least. Uh, and he's a phenomenal golfer, but in any case, so what are you ordering ahead of time? Okay. And if we're back to going over to family, go to a friend's house, what are you bringing ahead of time? And here's how we can kind of break this down. When you set yourself up for success um, maybe you bring some Pellegrino, some cranberry and some lime. That's my go-to. Maybe you bring some athletic brewing, non-alcoholic beers. Another good one. I've had the, the summer, the summer one. Um, it's, uh, oh man, what's the name of it? I can't think of it right now, but they have IPA. They have all the different ones. If that's your jam, I know that NA beers can sometimes be a trigger for, for people. So be cautious of that. If that's something that you think is going to, trigger you or make you feel uncomfortable or whatever, then don't, then don't do the NA route. I mean, that's up to each his own. You got to determine what is best for your situation and where you're at right now. 
but you got to bring something. Maybe it's coffee. May, you know, maybe maybe you bring. Make sure that there's a coffee pot there. You bring your own little thing of pods or whatever, and you're gonna make some some good coffee during that time. Um, that's gonna help with the social anxiety. Everybody around you is drinking, you know. And if you can make sure that you have something to sip on while you're there, it's gonna help with that social anxiety. I can guarantee it. At, at least. You know, I know it's helped for me and it's helped for a lot of other people out there that I've talked to, you know, it helps you feel a little bit more secure. Um, it's also going to help to avoid any pressure to drink, right? Like what is, what does that look like where, um, you know, you, you might run into an old friend or if you're new to it, a family member you haven't seen in a while and they go, well, you're, you're not drinking. Like what, what do you mean you're not drinking? They just don't get it. You know? And if you're, having something, you know, there, there's a little bit less pressure, um, you know, to number one, for somebody to call you out on that, because most of the time people don't really care because they're too worried about themselves. And you'll find that the longer, you know, that, that, that you go on with out drinking, um, people are so concerned with their own, they could really give two craps on, on what you're doing. Um, at the same time, um, there is occasionally where, where you'll get that. And, um, you know, they'll, in the meantime, though, people will think that you're drinking more than likely and they'll be less likely to ask if you already have a drink. You've already set yourself up for success there. And I got to say, it's kind of funny when they find out that you're not drinking, that you're maybe you're drinking a, a you know, like I said, a Pellegrino or some soda water in um, cranberry juice. And they thought it was a, you know, a vodka cran the whole time. And, um, uh, and, and you go, no, 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 it's just, uh, you know, soda water, cranberry. And they go like, wait, wait, what do you mean? Like you, you look like you're having a great time right now. Like you're partying. Like I actually, you're having such a great time. I thought you were kind of drunk, you know? And you go, nah, nah, I'm just uh, it's a little NA drink, man. I like to drink these and I'm having a great time, you know? So it's possible. It's very, very possible. And, and people, you know, don't understand it until you understand it. And, uh, it's, it's not for us to, uh, to, to be judgmental either and try to back to the high horse things or I'm not drinking. And you are like, I have never, ever been like that. Um, and I never planned to be like that. You know, my, I know what works best for me and I want to be, you know, as good of friends with everybody that I can be and be my best self and speak into people and encourage them and serve them and share with them and be great friends and family. Um, and, and what they do, what somebody else does is between them and God. That's the way I see it. And what I want to do is position myself so that if one day that person that I love who maybe is having a tough time with alcohol, they're having a tough time in their marriage, or they're having a tough time being a dad or a parent, you know, I want them to know that, man, hey, Shane never judged me. He never, you know, was telling me I should do this and that. And nobody wants to be told what to do, especially a grown man. So I always try to stay away from that. But I want that person to go, you know, hey, I, I think I could reach out to him and talk and talk to him about it, you know, and uh, that is my goal. And that comes from loving people where they're at the best we can, which can be really hard sometimes, especially when it's, you know, when it's family. Um, but if we go into that mindset where we're going to love someone where they at, we might have to have clear boundaries with them, you know, but it's going to give us an opportunity one day when uh, somebody is ready, you know, to maybe make some changes in their life. You might be the first person they think of because they trust you and you didn't judge them and you did you and you 
um, honored that law of attraction rather than promotion. In other words, so um, man, I know I got off a little bit of the point there of bring your own NA drinks, but I think that ties in a lot of what I was just saying to, you know, obviously all of this, but just the overall mentality of like, we don't have to um, shout it from the rooftops that we're not drinking and you shouldn't be either. We might think that inside, that's fine, but we don't have to be judgmental and uh, we don't, we don't have to go down that path because I can tell you from experience, it doesn't work. Um, Okay. So let's move on. Uh, so far, host your own Super Bowl party, number one. Uh, number two, bring your own NA drinks. Once again, this is Super Bowl Sober, eight tips to party sober for the Super Bowl. Uh, number three, consider the environment. Consider the environment. So this goes back to the prepping and and kind of looking at it beforehand. Who's going to be there? You know, is it going to be people that you know, or is it going to be people that you don't know? Is it a total random group? Is this a new environment that you're walking into? And I think that's something that we have to step back on and and take a look at before we make any commitments or before we know, um, you know, what what our plan is. Um, you know, another thing is there going to be mild drinking? Is are they going to be smoking a little weed? Is you know is what like what is that environment or is there like excessive drinking and drugs in this you know this um, environment that I'm going into? And in my opinion. If it's excessive, for me, I'm probably not going. I'm going to find somewhere else to go. Um, it, it, regardless if I'm 10 years in or I'm 30 days in, that, that's just me. I'm not going to put myself in any situation that I'm not going to, number one, have a good time at, um, and number two, that I could possibly get in trouble or be tempted or any of that stuff. It's just not worth it. I don't, I don't party like that anymore. So it has to be a safe spot. At the same time, you know, when I say consider the environment, it's it's not impossible because obviously there's a lot of sober parties out there and sober environments that you can, that you can find no doubt. But I think in our everyday lives for a lot of us, um, you know, there's a lot of us that still have friends who drink. There's a lot of us who still have family who drink. And have you ever been to a grocery store? Of course you got to go buy food. There's alcohol there. Have you ever been to a restaurant? I mean, have you ever been to a game? You know, there's alcohol all around us. And so we have to be able to operate and be spiritually, mentally, physically, emotionally fit in every in our day-to-day grind because the temptation and the environments that we're around are oftentimes, um, you know, we're going to be tested or there's going to be alcohol there. And we have to be able to, uh, to kind of know what we're getting ourselves into. And we have to be able to practice this stuff day in uh, and day out. So um, another thing too, is it local or is it out of town? Is it somewhere, man, do I have to like drive for a while or is it just right down the street from my house? I mean, that, that's something to think about too. And I, I say that because if it's an environment that's out of town and you got to like bounce out of there with the quickness because something is not feeling right or, you know, you're getting, uh, uncomfortable, whatever it is, you know, it's something to think about, man, well, that's going to take me a minute to get back. Do I really want to do that? So we're game plan, we're game planning, we're prepping. Same thing, just as, okay, let's just put it like this real quick. Um, Just as we're talking about the Super Bowl right now, how long are those dudes out there right now prepping for the Super Bowl? Obviously, they've been prepping their whole life for it, but let's just stick to this season. They played a long-ass season. They've been playing hard. They made it to the Super Bowl, um, and you know now 
We're a few days out from the Super Bowl. They've been prepping for these last two weeks, getting ready, training, working out, eating, you know, probably trying to do the best they can to get their bodies in the best possible shape so they can perform at the top level during the Super Bowl. Okay, so I want you to take that concept and apply it to the same the same kind of concept to game planning and prepping before um, we're going out to watch the Super Bowl, before we're going to that Super Bowl party. How are we prepping? How are we game uh, game planning? What are we doing to, to prepare ourselves for this? And that's where these eight tips can come into play. And there's plenty of more tips, trust me. I only put eight of them on here because these are some relevant ones and I think they kind of tied into the specifics of the Super Bowl. But you can come up with your own list. I mean, I, I love to hear what people do um, you know, to help game plan and prep before they're going into any event or environment. And a, a lot of this stuff, um, a lot of this stuff works really well and it's really simple. So, and the last thing I had on here, so for consider the environment, um, you know, can I bring my own food and drinks? And we kind of talked about that one a little bit in the first one, but you know, if you're going to a place, can you bring your own food? Can you bring your own drinks? Um, can you set yourself up, uh, b beforehand? So, um, let's move on to number four, assess your emotional and spiritual fitness before you go. Assess your emotional and spiritual fitness before you go. So this is a really important one. Um, they're all important, but this one especially. And I think that we should be doing this on a daily basis, in, in my opinion. Um, you know, maybe it's in the morning time and you wake up and you get your coffee and you're, you're reading a little bit in the morning, maybe you're reading, um, you know, you're meditating, you're praying, you're trying to get your mind set for the day. And it's a great time to assess your emotional um, and your spiritual well-being. Like, how fit am I today? How am I feeling today? Like, it's really good to ask yourself that. And I know for somebody, maybe you've never done that before because we're just on the go. And I, and I forget to do it too sometimes. I'm not saying that I do it every single morning. I forget. I get in hurries. I'm late sometimes. I have a packed day for work. You know, I'm trying to get to the gym. So I, I get the grind of the daily day-to-day -day stuff and we're not perfect at it. So don't beat yourself up if you don't, you know, if you're not perfect at it. But when the first step I think is becoming conscious of it, let's put it like that. So how conscious are we on the day-to-day -day of assessing our emotional and spiritual fitness before we do anything? You know, especially go to a, a big Super Bowl event or party where there's going to be a lot of, um, you know, drinking and partying going on. So ask yourself, how are you feeling today? Let's say you're listening to this on Super Bowl Sunday morning, you know, and you're like, oh man, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to this party later and it's going to be fun. But how am I feeling about it? Am I feeling any anxiety? Am I feeling a little bit of fear? Am I feeling a little bit of worry? And, and number one, let me just tell you, you're feeling, that's amazing. Maybe it's not feeling like you want to feel, but I'll speak for myself. I drank for so long and, and it became worse and worse, especially in that last year, because I hated feeling and I still struggle with it sometimes, but I've recognized now and I'm able to be conscious enough to go, you know what? Like I am feeling right now, you know, and I'm going to kind of come off of topic in these bullet points here for this, just to share something because it, I wasn't planning on sharing this, but it's, it's very relevant to this feeling part of this. And I hope it connects with somebody out there who's listening right now. I've dealt with a lot of, um, 
of, uh, you know, of, of loss and, and death and particularly in the last couple of weeks. Um, I've had two friends who have, um, have, have died. Um, one of them, I still can't figure out. This was a coworker that I worked with who I, I had been working with also, not just in the workspace, but also helping to, um, quit drinking and he was having some issues in his family life. And so we had been, we'd been talking quite a bit and then I found out he died and I was like, Whoa, okay. And then, um, just yesterday I found out that a friend of mine, um, up in Oregon died in a car accident and that was shocking. And he actually died uh, in December and I just found out about this. So I was like, Whoa, that's crazy. And actually, I mean, I guess I'll say his name. He's been on the podcast a couple of times. His name was Tad Stringham. And, uh, if you go back and listen to Tad's story, um, it's absolutely incredible. Um, he had his own, you know, demons that he fought for sure. I think he was incarcerated for over 10 years in the U Utah state penitentiary, um, and had just a crazy, crazy life. Um, you know, I met him at Foundations Recovery Conference back in, I don't know, was it 2018, 2017, 18, 19? There was three years in a row where we went to that and I got to hang out with him and his his wife, Tammy, and the kids met him. He had um, his, uh, his parrot, uh, uh, Brody was his name, and he was cool. Um, and he was just a cool cat, man, Tad. And uh, he really had, you know, he, changed his life. Um, and man, and then just suddenly he got in a car accident just a couple of days before Christmas and, and passed away. Um, so there's that. And about an hour later, after I had got that news, um, yesterday I got a call from my, from my dad, uh, who told me that my uncle Matt had, had passed away. And, um, uncle Matt was a, was a good dude, man. And uh, he was, um, he was isolated in the last couple of years. And so not a lot of us in the family talked to him, but, um, man, he, he was just, he was that uncle who was hilarious and he was only 10 years older than me. So when I was a kid, he was like my young uncle that I looked up to. I don't know if you have one of those in your family, but if you can picture that young uncle who's goofy and fun, and he was always there to make you laugh and have a good time. And, um, he was, he was like your uncle, but he was like a buddy to you. And, uh, man, he was just he was a, a hilarious dude and he was part of the Raymer fam and uh, I'm going to miss him a lot. And, um, you know, I was thinking when there was a day when, uh, uh and I'm going to get back to the list here in, in just a second. And I, I, um, I just, I appreciate getting this off of my chest and that, you know, you're listening to this right now and hopefully you can relate to it some way. But, you know, when Jess was like eight months pregnant with Lucy, um, my, my uncle Matt lived in, in Sparks, Nevada. And, uh, so we went out there to visit and I think I want to say we had a little family reunion possibly around this time. And we saw some other family and stuff and we were staying there for, was only supposed to be for, for a night or two, I think. And, um, a, oh, wow, that was crazy. Um, and then a huge storm came in and just dumped just tons of snow. And, uh, so we, we ended up getting snowed in and, uh, and so I remember Uncle Matt and I, we went to the store, you know, we made our way through some crazy weather, got made it to the grocery store, just bought a bunch of snacks and all this stuff. And we came back and we just hung out. We just hung out all day. He was huge into NASCAR. Just crank it up. He was turning it up so loud. <laughs> it was just and we were just laughing, just cracking up. I think he, he was probably having a few beers. I don't think I was sober at this time, actually. Yeah, this was this was pre-sobriety. So I'm sure I had a few few beers with him and smoked some 
some doobage or whatever. And, uh, you know, we had, a, we had a great time, you know, and that's one of the memories that, that I have, um, in, you know, as an, as an older person, but a lot of great ones as a kid. And, uh, I just appreciate taking a minute to honor him and, uh, him and, and Tad, um, uh, and, um, you know, anyone who's, who's lost their, their lives or a loved one, um, to addiction, um, suddenly. And I don't know exactly yet what happened to uncle Matt, but we're still waiting for some reports on that. And, uh, I do know he was sick and I do know that, um, he was, you know, having to take quite a bit of medication and, so I don't know, it, and not that it matters, but it does kind of matter to me at the same time because I've seen too much of this stuff take out my friends and family, and that's why I will continue to do this work, whether it's you know helping people get off of alcohol, get off of drugs, um, become awakened to their spiritual connection to God and to something higher, and live out their true purpose. Like that's my goal, and and also making people laugh and ha and having a good time and 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 trying to uh, be of service. So. Um, man. All right. Let's, let's move on. Um, thank you for letting me share that real quick. I know that it's, um, I don't want to, I don't want to bring the, the vibe down, but man, I loved uncle Matt. I love Tad, man. And it was, uh, dude, it's crazy dealing with death and lot and loss and grief. And so, okay. So here, so here was the point to that. This is how I got on that actually, um, is that we get to feel, we get to feel, and my heart hurt a lot yesterday, and it still hurts today, but I'm compartmentalizing because I got work to do. Oh, there's a time to grieve and all that. But like, I'm very aware today that even though my heart hurts, like I'm very grateful and blessed that I get to feel today. So whatever it is that you're going through, if you're going through um, anything, loss, grief, anxiety, fear, whatever it is, I know it sounds foreign, but try to embrace it. Try to feel it. Try to try to bring it in and let it pass through instead of avoiding it and drinking about it and letting it take over and rule our lives because it doesn't have to. It, it doesn't have to. I can promise you that. And we can be in gratitude about feeling even when we're sad and even when it's not specifically the way that, that we want to be feeling. And I know that the severity of that can go from one end to the other. So I, I don't, like, I'm, I'm conscious of that. There's certain people who are in extremely terrible situations, you know, who've lost people very close to them in, in, a, in a, a terrible way. I'll just put it like that. And so I understand that. But in that, you know, we're doing the best we can and we do get to feel our feelings when we don't use tools like alcohol to deal with stuff because that doesn't, that's a short-term solution to, to a very long problem. And it, that's what it's designed to do is to numb us. And so, um, okay, let's get back to the points. We, we were talking about assessing your emotional and spiritual fitness. And so, and I think that is a great example too. Let's say you're going into this, this environment, this party, whatever, and you're dealing with the loss of somebody and you just found out a couple of days that, you know, you, you lost somebody or you're going through um, a breakup or a relationship that's just gone south and you don't understand. And, you know, there's just a lot going on. We're very vulnerable in those states. And so I just, I'm saying that that's why assessing our emotional, our spiritual, 
um, fitness is, is so important because we need to see where we're at. Like, do you feel like you're in a good space to be in a party style environment? And maybe you are, maybe that's exactly where you need to be. You need to be around some people. So I, I want to point that part out too, but just make sure that we're in a good space and we have tools in place to deal with not if, but when that urge comes up, that case of the efforts comes up and you're like, F this, I'm out. Like, cause that will come up and we'll find excuses to drink or excuses to um, while out because we can get in that state because we're human beings and that's what happens. Um, so and like, like, yeah, is there anything bugging you that you think would be an easy excuse to, to drink? So maybe we can handle that or at least assess it before we get into that environment. All right, let's move on. Number five. Number five, I love this one. Make or bring some delicious food. Make or bring some delicious food. So like who doesn't want to try Raymer's smoked chicken jalapeno nachos fresh off the Traeger? Who doesn't want to try Uncle Matt's awesome cheesy chicken enchiladas with only one, mind you, only one secret olive hidden in each one? Where will you get the secret olive? It's funny, Jess made enchiladas last night and I said, man, that's crazy. This was like Uncle Matt's dish right here. And you just made it. She put a bunch of olives in it. He used to just do one. So it was like the hidden olive. Where is it? Is it in the middle, in the front, in the end? It was always fun. Or who doesn't want to try some amazing ham and Swiss cheese smoked Hawaiian sliders? Like all kinds of good stuff, dips, foods, wings, man, what's like your favorite dish? Um, it brings some Cane's chicken. How about that? Be the guy who shows up with the good ass food, the good dish right there. Um, my, I guess he would be my brother-in-law. It's my, it's my, let's see. It's my sister-in-law's brother. His name's Mirage. Awesome dude. One of my favorites. Sober too. Doesn't drink. Um, and, uh, just a great dude. And he brought over, we have, Jess does a big Halloween party every year. So this last Halloween party, I remember, man, he brought just a boatload of Cane's chicken and everyone just got so pumped. Like we had tons of food already too, but who doesn't love like some good or Chick-fil-A chicken or whatever, whatever your jam is. That's how kind of what we got going on on the West coast out here. But who doesn't love that? You know, as he shows up, everyone's man, oh yeah, Cane Mirage brought Cane's, Cane's. So, I mean, be the guy. Bring some good food. It gives you purpose. It makes you part of the party. You're contributing, um, you know, and, and you're contributing with your favorite dish. You're serving others and sharing your favorite dish instead of your favorite bottle of whiskey or your favorite, you know, drink or your favorite 30 rack Bud Lazy or whatever. I hope you ain't drinking that stuff. Whatever it is you're drinking, you know, switch it out and bring some food. It's just another great way to socialize and to share and to be a part of the environment and, um, you know, have some fun. So I love that one. Uh, number six, go with someone else who's sober. Go with someone else who's sober. Do you have a sober friend who you can go with? Do you, is there going to be somebody there that you know, um, is in the same boat as you? They're in that same space of, you know, trying to stay alcohol free. Maybe they're just, you know, maybe they did dry January and they're like, man, I'm going to keep going. So they're, you know, a few days into February now, a week or two in, and they're doing the same thing. It gives you somebody that you can relate to, someone you can lean on, someone you can talk to, someone who kind of gets it. Um, that's, that's a big one. And if not, here's what I say, what I want to say to that too. 
if you don't have anybody that you, if you're the only one in your crew, you know, in your family who's not drinking, um, I'm going to suggest that it would be a great idea to find somebody or a couple people preferably um, that's in that same boat with you that doesn't drink. Um, Because like the old saying, hang around in a barber shop long enough, you're eventually going to get a haircut, right? I know it's cliche, but it's true. Or the old Jim Rohn quote was another one I thought of like, show me your five closest friends and I'll show you your future. So, and it doesn't mean that we need to go disown our friends. And like, I got homies who I love to death, who are, you know, they still drink and they have a great time. We don't hang out as much as we used to. Obviously, I don't really hang out with anybody as much as I used to just because I have a family and I'm very busy with work and just life. But when we do, you know, that's that's fun. I know where I'm at. I've assessed my situation. I know my plan. I know where I'm at in this. Um, but I also have a vast... I hate that word vast. I have a vast network is what I was going to say. <laughs> I get in that corporate mode sometimes, man. I forget. I don't have to always be like that uh, when I'm not in the exact corporate workplace. Uh, but I do I do have a big freaking group of great friends who don't drink and who are in programs, who've had experience with this stuff. Um, you know, that's both inside the kind of podcast space and the recovery space and outside just in like the personal life that I know, even family, you know, um, that was one thing I, and I'll mention this too. I wanted to mention this earlier, you know, my brother-in-law, Gary, he's been on the podcast, um, him and Seth, I think a, a few, a few months back sometime last year, I think. And, um, you know, that was one of the things he told me is that he, you know, he drank for quite a few years after I had quit. I was kind of the first one who stopped and, um, you know, who did he come to when he finally was at his wits end? Um, it was first, it was his other brother, Joey, my other brother-in-law. Um, but then it was me right behind that. And Joey and I showed up, you know, at his house at like four in the morning one night after a long, bad night. Um, and we took him to a meeting and, you know, he's been sober, I think coming up on, gosh, I just thought about that. New Year's was, uh, was his third or fourth year. I think four years, man, it's crazy how fast that goes. But the one thing he told me, is he said, you never pushed it on me. You, you always listened. You never judged me. You weren't, you know, you didn't do that. You just let me do my thing and you've always been there. And so back to my point at the beginning of the podcast, that's the same type of mentality that I encourage. And like, I try to um, be an example of like, we want those people that we love to make those changes, especially if we know that they need to make them, you know, but um, it's, it can be tough sometimes for them. They're in their own space. So we got to love people where they're at at that time. And when we do that and we pray for them and we're there for them, uh, man, you'd be be like amazed what God will do sometimes. And all of a sudden you get a phone call one day and then, you know, you look later on down the road and you go, wow, that was crazy, man. But I'm glad that you're here today. You know, I'm glad Gary's here today. I'm glad Joey too. Joey's my other brother-in-law, same thing. And I love all my brothers, man, all my friends, whether you're drinking or not, I don't care. But if somebody wants help and they want to stop, like, man, I'm here for you. We got a huge network of um, resources and people and places and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, feel free to reach out if you're struggling. All right, we got two more. Once again, eight tips to party sober for the Super Bowl. Um, let's go through these first six just really fast here. Once again, ho- number one, host your own Super Bowl party. Number two, bring your own NA drinks. Number three, consider the environment. Number four, assess your emotional, spiritual fitness before you go. Number five, make or bring some delicious food. Number six, go with someone else who is sober. Number seven, 
Have someone you can call if you get squirrely. So who can you call? Do you have a friend? Do you have a family member? Do you have a mentor? Do you have a coach? Do you have a sponsor? Someone else who's preferably sober, doesn't have to be, but preferably you probably want someone who kind of gets it. And that's what I would recommend. Someone who can, you know, talk to you, listen to you more than anything. You need a good listener. So who is that? Start thinking about that. If you don't have somebody right now that's first coming to mind, it'd be a good idea to start to uh, figure that out. Like who, who do I have? Who's in my Who's in my phone right now that like my top three people that I can make a phone call to that I trust that I know they're going to be there for me. And uh, that's a huge, huge thing. I mean, um, I always say that like you have to have somebody you can trust. You have to have somebody who understands. You have to have somebody who listens um, and you have to, in, in, in other words, so you can have all of that, but here's kind of the caveat to that. You can have all those things and all the people in place. You also have to be willing to reach out to somebody. And that is the toughest thing sometimes, it's especially for us grown dudes who think that we got it all figured out and we think that we need to handle everything. And I'm just as guilty as the next guy with it. Like, I got this. I can do it myself. I don't need any help. Like, whatever. It's really hard to reach out. You know, okay, so here's another one, and I'll keep this one shorter than the other one because this wasn't on the notes either. But like I recently, I just had to do that earlier this week. So I'm taking my son to his first Kings game tonight. We're super pumped about that. Sacramento Kings are playing the Pistons. Um, Should be a a great time. He's super pumped about it. Um, Here's the thing. I, um, Jess and I are, are in a marriage group, and it's every other Wednesday night. Right. And um, so I already have a schedule for it. And for some reason, and I, I I promise it was an honest mistake, but I also was not as, oh, excuse me, I was not as thorough as I should have been on confirming dates and making sure that I, I thought that the group was on. I thought, okay, that's how I sound right now. <laughs> I screwed up. Let's just put it like that. I really screwed up. I screwed the dates up. I bought the tickets. And then, you know, this, this group, it's an intense group and it's very important. Like it's a top priority in our marriage, like trying to, you know, connect better and learn to communicate better and also let go of resentments and talk about things. And there's like eight other couples in it and you go every other week. So it's important that you be there in other words. And so I screwed up, made this ticket or bought these tickets and I'm not going to let my son down. I also don't want to let my wife down. It was a big thing. And so basically I had to call our, um, our group leader, uh, who's a great dude, him and his wife, they host all of us at, at their house. They always make dinner, great people. And I literally felt like such a piece of crap. And I just felt like the littlest person, you know, I'm like, I, he's supposed to be like a, a mentor and a coach and I, you know, sober and I do all these things that sometimes like I, you have, you get that in your mind. And it's like, I know that that's not like, I'm just, I'm doing the best I can and I'm going to screw up. And so there's a lot of pride and ego that can creep in sometimes. And I still have to work on that. You know, oh, I got 10 years sober. I got it all figured. I don't think like that. Like all, it's not like I'm walking around like, like an asshole like that, but it can creep in sometimes. And so for me to have to call and say, Hey, I screwed up. And, uh, yeah, man, like, um, 
I'm not going to be there Wednesday. I know that kind of puts you guys in a spot because then you got to spend time to make up the session with us. And I really apologize. And I just felt like such a jackass. And it was really, really hard to reach out and admit that I screwed up and that I was struggling with something and that we weren't going to be a group and whatever. So I just want to give you an example of that, what that looks like. And I understand how hard it is to reach out sometimes if you screwed up or if you um, are, are feeling you know, anxiety and you just need to talk to somebody and you're feeling like you want to drink, but you're like, ah, no, I'm just going to kind of let it, oh, I'm good. I'm, I'm good. You know, I got it. Call somebody, like reach out, have somebody ready to talk to. It's okay. Like the apostle Paul said it the best. Like I, he, he said like my strength or I'm sorry, there's, there's strength in my weakness. And he said it much better than that. I'm drawing a blank right now what it is, but, um, this, you know, that's biblical. Like our, when we are vulnerable and when we show um, truth and, and when that's what it is, when I'm weak, I'm strong. So we're submitting, we're being submissive. We're submitting to the fact that I don't have to carry this weight all on my shoulders every day and do all the things and make all the right decisions and know all the answers. I don't have to do that. I don't have to do that. I can talk about it with somebody else. I can get advice. I can get some feedback and then maybe I can step back for a minute, take a breath and sit on it, meditate, pray on it, and then make a, a, a good decision. So having somebody that you can talk to about that is huge. All right, let's move on. Last one here. Number eight, it's real simple. Just leave. Just get the hell out of there. Get out of there as fast as you can if it starts getting uncomfortable. Um, do the Houdini. Who knows what the Houdini is? No, it's not some weird sex thing. I know you, you dirty-minded dudes out there. Wait, the Houdini, I heard No, 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 no. I don't know. But it's probably something weird like that. <laughs> the Houdini, like just leave. Like, bye. You ghosted him. You're out of there. And apologize later if you have to. Like nobody is going to, nobody's going to say anything. Nobody cares um, enough. They're probably doing their own thing. And if anybody does, you can apologize later and just go, you know, hey, I was feeling a little bit weird, a little uncomfortable or make something up. Hey, I had to go pick up you know, so-and-so from the airport, whatever, who knows, make something up. If that makes you feel better, I'm not telling you to lie, just telling you to, you know, Hey, whatever, whatever works for you. Um, your sobriety, your path, this new path, this new lifestyle is much more important than hurting anyone's feelings because you left their Super Bowl party, you know, earlier you had to go. So just leave. Like you always have that out at the end. You can set a time frame. Maybe you want to set a time frame too. Hey, I'm leaving after the after halftime, I don't know, or I'm leaving right when the game's over. I'm out of there. I'm not hanging out, doing the thing. Like you can set those parameters up ahead of time and be prepared. So, um, eight tips to party sober for the Super Bowl. Number, we'll go through them one more time. Number one, host your own Super Bowl party. Number two, bring your own NA drinks. Number three, consider the environment. Number four, assess your emotional spiritual fitness before you go. Number five, make or bring some delicious food. Number six, go with someone else who's sober. Number seven, have someone you can call if you get squirrely. And number eight, leave. Just get the heck out of there. No matter where you're at this year, whether it's a Super Bowl, whether it's a birthday party, whether it's a wedding, whether it's a funeral, wherever it is, you know, I talked about this earlier, you're bound to come into some kind of environment where there's alcohol. Um, and if you're trying to stay alcohol-free, like so many other people out there, I don't know if you realize this, like, the alcohol-free, like sober movement is absolutely huge right now. And it is growing like crazy. It's it's growing so much that, you know, these alcohol companies are really trying to 
take a stake in these NA different beers and drinks, even like, you know, different white claws. I don't even like saying the specific names, but it, whatever. Like they have a non-alcoholic drink now, like all of them do. And so they see that there's a shift and a change in people's mindsets and people's spirits. They don't want to numb out and, and sit around and just medicate themselves so they don't have to deal with life because that's the goal. That's why there's a, a liquor store in every corner. That's why alcohol is all around us and it's so socially acceptable. There's a normalcy bias in it because what does it do? They don't call them spirits for nothing. It literally disconnects our spirit from reality. It disconnects our spirit from God. It disconnects our spirit from our relationships that are all around us that are so important every day to, to speak into and to be spoken into and to connect to something higher. And that's what that stuff does if you're drinking it habitually and it, be, it starts to become uh, an issue. So um, if that's you, you're trying to be you know, alcohol-free um, or you are and you're just looking for more tools for more tips, um, if you're looking for private coaching or, or, you know, if you want to check out our 30 day alcohol free challenge, uh, or you just need more podcasts, more resources, you need some community. Um, we have all that and you can get it all once again at going to that sober and please follow us on Instagram at that sober guy podcast. And, uh, man, it's been really great. I hope you have a great super bowl. Hope you have a great time. I hope something spoke to you today. Share the podcast with a friend. And, uh, thanks again for tuning in. Peace, love, and respect. Keep your blood clean.